It is time to tune up the band and Jesus, have we already been here before? For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Now, this would be the part where I say, how are you, chaps? But we are literally recording the same day we recorded part one. So how was your 10-minute break? It was fantastic i can't believe in the 10 minute break cm wwe i i cannot believe cody rhodes has now become Dude, the i was gonna demigod. say cody rhodes came back it was incredible yeah. <clears throat> he became a literal demigod you know that scene in the simpsons where homer dreams about being uh you know covered in 24 karat gold it's just it's that <laughs> oh no i just imagined that being he'd look good in that as well look he'd closer actually... lady <laughs> <laughs> see now, now i've done it book it vince i guess if there's the one way of doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all righty the usual spiel is we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at soundcloud spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and forever pending other platforms you know guys you never know no you never know when you're gonna go but we always know that we're going to be pending because we are always, always pending. <laughs> you fucking legend, you. <laughs> I got it in. I got it. You got it in. All righty, chaps. There's no news this week. As I said, we are recording the exact same day we recorded part one. So no news. Um, recommendation. Uh, Dan Housen's podcast. Uh, the the yeah. IAW Unrestricted. The Dan Housen episode. Really good. A it was very one. nice and very evil. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, we're going to get straight right into it. Back in with part two. So where we last left off, we had just seen sweet zombie Linda come rise from her grave and kick Vince right in the gonads to a, a rupturous applause. And everyone went home happy. No, I'm just kidding. No one did after that. No. <laughs> so after that, we get a little uh, little preview into what WrestleMania access was like during the weekend. And we see Jeff Hardy wearing only the best in Zubaz pants. <laughs> All I'll say is Matt Hardy has gotten far better with his promo style as well. <laughs> he really, really has. Oh, yeah. He found his, oh, yeah. he found his niche and his niche was... Whatever the fuck he's doing now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> broken Matt, you know, big money Matt, the Hardy family office or the throwback heart. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Matt eventually found it, <laughs> and then we get Triple H breathing heavily as only Triple H only does, and and Undertaker shadow boxing as they prepare for their eventual match. Gents, here we are. Let's fucking go. It's TLC 2. Let's go. I have a note. Go on. That I think if you haven't seen it, which you you really bloody should, listener, if you haven't watched this, but you should. If you go and you watch TLC 2, the second TLC match in the history of the WWF and WWE, I need you to take a moment. (laughs) As of the time of this recording... In the te- in terms of the actual teams that are actively meant to be in this match, two-thirds of these people are still wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it crazy that Matt, Jeff, Edge, and Christian are still wrestling? 
Dude, I, I need. I just want to say. I just want to say. <clears throat> pending certain events, technically, Bully Ray will have wrestled in 2022. Yeah, that is very oh true. Against Atsushi Onita in the ECW arena. <laughs> so, all right then. So I was incorrect. Five six. Like, when you think about it, Reardon, just even a couple of years ago, it was only two people that were still actively wrestling, and that was yeah, Matt and Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's... Again, it's that thing we keep saying when we talk about Edge and Christian. Those stem cells must be, must be something. I was going to say, whatever treatment Christian got on his neck... Like, both of them got on their necks. I want to know what it is. It's... They... They must. It must have been like something out of Warhammer, the Golden Throne. They must have been. Like... I want to know what that is, so I can get it for my knees. <laughs> yeah. What happened? I want it for my back. <laughs> yeah. Because every because and for them to do all of this and to still be wrestling is like <clears throat> like Big E is currently is currently having to rest up. From a bot move that's low risk, relatively speaking, mm. and everything. Yeah, everything that they're doing. None of these people died straight afterwards. <laughs> oh, you know, like I've always said it. I always find it so interesting that of all the stuff they did, when Matt Hardy the interview saying about what's the thing you most regret, and he said making a top rope leg drop a signature move of mine because it ruined my back yeah and it's yeah. that it's the leg drop that was the problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right but like now we're now we're starting right and look right i told i know we set a certain tone in last week or the last episode that we did let me start this one off by saying i'm embracing myself right here but like why is young jeff hardy hot to me <laughs> The because you have sense. Uh, like, e young yeah. Jeff Hardy with that fit, I can't lie, man. <laughs> Matt and Jeff were just, have always been on such a different level. They've always been so yeah. fucking awesome. It's it's incredible. It is honestly incredible. There's no... The, like, the string and leather top. <laughs> that is like, like... You and me both. You and me, both. you and me, brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> unbelievable. You know what I think it is. You know what I think it is. Stupidly, I think it's the shoes. I no, legit... you're not wrong, though. <laughs> All right, ah, 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 right. Out of every single wrestling fan who didn't want a pair of those shoes to one day just go in Hall go to Halloween as one of the Hardy Boys. Oh yeah, oh, hell yeah. yeah. We all did. We all <laughs> did. Oh, oh man, I tell you, a weird visual to see that you rarely get to, seldom rarely see. Seeing the ring crew setting up the weapons, but ringside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that really good. That was so good. That My personal cool. favorite touches was them setting up a wooden table for this yeah. for, instead of the Spanish announce table. Yeah. So they here, just knew. Here we go. Just... Edge and All right, but but going from that to then Edge and Christian and Christian, what like what is this fit? <laughs> the mesh shirt. Yep. <laughs> the mesh shirt and the glasses. Those those he they are still partying the new millennium apparently. Yes. Remember this is this is this is pure you know five seconds for flash photography. 
the five oh, second yeah, pose as a Christian. So this is the where the sunglasses got ridiculous. <laughs> it it is like incredible. <laughs> oh man, these three teams in like the Dudleys looking great as well. But this, these three teams absolutely deserve their plaudits here as some of the like best this tags is the ever. thing, Louis. This is what tag team wrestling can get you, and I find it so so strange that we went through this time period and then after this, like tag team wrestling just like died a violent death. So widely, especially considering I remember actually I was thinking on it. I when I was just watching this match, it suddenly just occurred to me when I was like six, seven years old, the Dudley Boys were my favorite people, mm. just not my favorite wrestlers. My favorite people. That just, Correct. Just, oh, my brother. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my brother. And just in a couple of years, a couple of years later, Reardon, Devon was uh, was spouting the gospel of not masturbating. That's how quick people <laughs> fall, isn't it? With how Deacon Batista. <laughs> Archdeacon Batista. Oh yeah. So <laughs> let's let's get into this. It starts off at a breakneck speed as all three teams pile on one another with a oh, fire yeah. of Every of every team starts off this match is just like let us get the signature spot in. Yes. <laughs> Poetry and motion starting off Flatten's Dudleys. This gives Edge and Christian time to grab a ladder and throw them at both Dudleys and Hardys. Ice cream van for these troubles as well. Yeah. <laughs> they're throwing everything. They're throwing, the everything spot, but the, they're throwing everything but the ice cream truck. Be quiet! <laughs> so we get a Tree of Woe O Canada from uh, Edge and Christian, which I enjoyed seeing. Throw back to TNA and Team Canada. <laughs> to Matt Hardy. And a drop toe hold to Jeff. Um, it's the Raven spot. <laughs> it's the Raven spot. Edge tries to climb the ladder as Jeff does a poetry in motion and drop kicks Edge off of the ladder. It is like straight up, just like you had to be on something to think up that. I would have loved to have seen when they were there on the day just before they brought the audience in. They were trying to set up the match. The sort of spots that Jeff was trying to pitch to the road agents and the guys involved. Oh no! I, seriously, it will fucking work, guys. It will be no. Awesome. I, I, no I, I, I figure that I figure that Jeff's attitude at this time was, "Yo, look right. If I pull this off, it will look sick." Yes, <laughs> but it's just all of the road crew being like. That if is doing a lot of heavy lifting. No, I think it's like I want to know like because it's it, you'd see that he'd be directing the spot, and then at the end of every sentence he will go, and then I don't die after. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like if I pull this off, this will go down in the history books, and if I don't, it will look cool either way because exactly. I will eat shit. <laughs> it, it's either glory or snuff film. Yes. Oh, yes. So, give me glory or give me possible death. Yeah. So right after that, Jeff and Matt and Jeff set ladders on each <laughs> corner and they do the double team splash leg drop to Christian. Ouch. The Dudleys see that and they answer with a laugh to, <laughs> to which JR, and I quote, has one of the best commentary lines I think of the night. Well, second only to what he says in the same match. This will adversely affect your sexual drive. <laughs> <laughs> so Oklahoma. So we get sixty-five thousand strong right after the WhatsApp shouting get the tables with two tables yep. set in the ring with one in the corner. Edge is prone on the other table as 
Bubba power pods Jeff onto Edge and through the table. <laughs> we love to see it. And then Bubba, this is wrestling heritage. Bubba, not to be outdone by that, decides to double stack four tables. Foreshadowing. Now, let me <laughs> let me just say this. A, this is the start to like the possibly the best equivalent of wrestling's Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Chekhov's of, table. You're never you're never gonna put some don't put something there if it's not going to be used. <laughs> yes. Now Second thing, I fucking love stacks of tables. Yes. <laughs> oh, with that. Oh, yes. give me stacks. And of personally, tables. we need more in wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> really exactly. do. We have three ladders right dead centre of the ring as all three teams climb up on them. First, we have Christian and Matt falling, and then as do Devon and Jeff, and then go Bubba and Edge. Christian loves that bump all the way to the outside. Absolutely does. How, he he is eating shit so many times doing that ladder spot. Like I love how Matt is just like, okay, yeah, I'll take I'll take the bump on the rope. And meanwhile, Christian's like, see ya. <laughs> Especially with Wiley Coyote. I'm off to the floor with the Wiley the Wiley Coyote cab as well. It's just the it's Christian. Just... <laughs> but you know what that signals, guys? With all of them out. Here comes Spike Dudley! Yes. Again, literally, the, it, it's such a small thing that gets lost inside this match, but at, at the start of the match, they're talking about all the people who are associated with these teams and how they've either, like, you know, been away for a bit or come back from injury, and I'm like, you're setting this up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Spike Dudley with the acid drop to Ed or the Dudley. That drop. first one. Oh, that first one off the ladder is saucy. And it's then so good. I like I know I know everyone loves the one to Christian. Yes. Where he puts table. The, table. the first one off the ladder though, that's saucy. You could not it's... have done that more perfectly if you tried. It's like it's it's literally Spike Dudley comes in, runs in, grabs grabs people, and it's like time to make history, boys. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a, it's great. Like that one two of the of the of the acid drops to Edge and Chris. Oh, it's great. It's just, oh, it's so good. But then that gives the signal. Here comes right. Here comes a new challenger. It's Rhino. And he, yeah, Rhino a, comes in and is like, Rhino, "I am here to make you die." Rhino debuting, I believe, two weeks before this. Actually, yeah. He partnered pushed, up with um, Edge and Christian. He's old friends from uh, from the Indies. Uh, he pushes Jeff off the ladder and then starts b and then battering Rams Devon with the ladder. He gores Bubba, then gores Matt through the table into the corner, and oh fuck, the Matt's head bouncing off the table. Oh, oh it is oh, horrible. Oh, oh, it's so <laughs> and here we go. Here comes later, and here we get Jim Ross's best line of the entire night. Later, jerk it edge off! <laughs> the ladder it's so funny and it's so bad because it's not actually incredible now, just here's my question joking edge off the ladder now the question is did he realize or was that intentional he oh, realized was... no he 100% said it and then realized what he said and went oh, i should i should like cover for myself <laughs> 
Oh, incredible, incredible. I, I was gonna say, I had ironics uh, six years later. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Rhino going for the gorilla press to Lita, and Spike low blows Rhino, ready for Lita to do the Lita Kun runner. Edge is literal fingertips <clears throat> away from the tag titles, but Spike hits a chair shot to Rhino, which ricochets him into the ladder, that, and Edge tumbles. That chair shot is just an oof. Yes. <laughs> a he gets all of it and extra. Yep. Yep, yep. We get the Doomsday device. Oh, sorry, the Dudley device from the Dudleys. Yep. Lita with a sick chair shot to Spike Dudley. Again, another big oof. <laughs> this gives Lita the the inspiration to take her top off, only to turn around and get 3D'd by the Dudleys. Yep. With a corresponding big pop from the crowd. <laughs> yes, because... Violence. This is wrestling. <laughs> literally, literally, the, this, the crowd in this made me think of the classic Simpsons line, we paid for blood! <laughs> I swear to God, like, 3D is one of the most over moves in WWF oh, yeah. history. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. All right. Now, this gets me to one of my favorite bits of this match, and, I, oh, yeah. and I'll explain why. <laughs> Edge and Christian are in the ring and setting up a ladder, right? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeff, out of nowhere, gets like a 20-foot ladder. <laughs> yes. And is climbing up it as Edge and Christian are getting closer to the title belt. And my favorite thing about this is is in my head. I know this is not how it went down. Mm -hmm. But Edge and Christian are getting closer and closer to winning, and Jeff was like, nah, I gotta get my shin. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and decides that he needs to take Rhino and Spike Dudley out. And Swanson he was, bombs he was, he was like, I, I've just gotta do this. Why? I just gotta... <laughs> yeah. And let me say, Spike Dudley takes about a deep 85 to 90% of this. Yes. Yes. He absolutely and does. it is fucking beautiful and as we said before it, it's no fault of anyone's own but oh my god the camera flashes yes make it so much better yes i miss camera flashes so much and not even just like the the visual of it like the analog sound of it yeah yeah Oh, it makes it so much better, and it's a shame that it's kind of fallen by the wayside just because technology has gone further. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, then. Four ladders set up in the ring. One, two, three in one corner, with the giant one right slap bang in the center. Christian and Devon climb to the top of that ladder just as Matt moves it from under their feet. Now, I love a story that uh, Devon was watching this yes. match back on, uh, on the WWE YouTube channel. I love this story. And he tells Matt, yeah. oh, Christian, in no certain circumstances, to stop fucking moving. I am shitting myself. <laughs> and, and to stop kicking him. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's amazing him saying, like, I'm so... Like, do people think that you're like... I think he was, he was like, he said some of the lines of people think that you're not afraid when you do it. It's wrong. I'm absolutely... <laughs> Absolutely terrified, and I hated that he just the kicking. thing as well of him being like, I'm terrified of heights, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, so you're there, you're scared of heights. You've got a guy who's swinging his legs around, and you're literally hanging onto like a hook <laughs> above a ring. Kicking me. <laughs> oh, this is the moment where, oh, if it had worked, it would have been 
tremendous. Like as... straight up, if Jeff Hardy had hit this, this would have been history book stuff. The tightrope yes. walk across the three ladders, but he unfortunately loses <clears throat> his balance. I wonder if Jeff showed that and he did it perfectly earlier in the day. Do you know? Do you know mm. what I? Do you know what I reckon though? Mm. As well, he didn't actually tell anyone about it. <laughs> He yeah. was there in the match and just went, I reckon I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff does, doesn't uh, doesn't falter. He loses his balance, falls, puts the ladder back up, gets to the titles, and oh god, now he's hanging. And oh, whoa, holy shit, Edge spears him through the air into the ground. <laughs> And in, Edge, and in Edge's own words, basically gave himself a DDT. <laughs> I remember watching this match like a few years ago and being so upset looking at it and being like, that killed Edge's career. Now I can watch it again and be like, no, it didn't. It's still high. <laughs> yeah. You're literally just there like, oh, man, that's kind of sad that like whenever we get to, get to see you. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's kind of sad again, that and now it's just like, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so now it hit even better because now it's like it, none of the sadness, all of yes. the hype. Oh, it's incredible! Incredible oh, madness! It's, it's the the moment of the entire pay per view. Oh yeah, and yeah. so perfectly timed from the pair of them. Oh. What a moment! So that's that's not even the flipping like end of this. Matt and Bubba have seen have placed themselves right in the center of the ring up the ladder, jostling for the titles. As Rhino <clears throat> decides he's having none of that and pushes them off, and they crash into the stack of tables. Yes, let's go. Ah, it's just like once it hits this point, I, like so for me, for me, the moment. The moment everyone falls through the the table tower is the moment where literally at the at that point there is nothing the pay per view can do to be bad. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's literally, literally nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> and and it, I think it really is that moment when you hit that moment and then you watch the rest of the pay per view. The crowd never dims. No, not yeah, once. absolutely. <laughs> That's the it's moment. Like, they... It's like a moment. It's like the moment where everyone realizes what they're watching. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I just love stacks of tables. <laughs> stacks of tables are good. Putting someone through a table, yeah, right. It's good, right? We like it. Mm-hmm. Putting someone through two tables side by side, right? Better. Putting someone through two stacks of tables. Side by side, perfection. Yes, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be cheap on perfection, and you need two stacks of tables no. for that. So, yes. Devon, Edge, Christian, and Rhino climb the ladder. Christian manages to grab a hold of the titles, and they win the tag team championships and the second ever TLC. Oh wow, this match is fucking incredible! <laughs> and do you want to know the stars. even? Do you want to know the even more crazy thing about this match? What? It's sixteen minutes. Unbelievable. Yep. It feels so much longer. And it in is a good way. sixteen minutes of match, it's... and you get 
everything. Absolutely. What a way, what a match to solidify all of these guys' careers. And this is the thing. This is what tag wrestling can get you. Yes. This is what FTR wanted this whole time in WWE, but they would never give it to them. It's like, this is what you can get. And it's just a shame that we hardly will ever see things like this again. The closest I'd say we got, I'd say the closest we ever got was the, was the revival DIY feud, but that was the closest we could ever get. It's, yeah. It's a it's a it's a six star match for me. Ooh. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. It's incredible. Bam, you are right on point because <laughs> I was there and I went. You know what? Five, maybe even five and a half. Nah, fuck that. I've already spoken about on a separate show how much I love this match. <laughs> so it gets six. Well, yes. you'll be pleased to know, gentlemen. It's a clean sweep because I gave it six out of five <laughs> as well. <laughs> Now here's the question. Now, the the, the previous one, TLC one, is a six out of five as well. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But now I have to put it to you. One or two. Ooh. Okay. All right. TLC one holds a very specific place in my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure exactly why. I don't even know if I have a reason for it. <laughs> Um, but I don't know something about TLC one. I think also as well TLC one in kind of isolation is like the on pretty much the absolute highlight of a pay of the pay per view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas obviously with this, it's contained within this like greater package of brilliance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I always have a feeling of going for TLC one just because it kind of stands on its own. Basically, what I say is that we all blame Mick Foley because in storyline, he was the reason the TLC match was invented in the first place. Correct. And it's been... It's insane when you think about it that they killed it with like TLCs one through three and then just never replicated it. No. <laughs> they couldn't because <clears throat> if, any, if, they, if they tried to replicate it more, people would die. <laughs> it's that simple. I'd say yeah, I mean, it's the thing. It's the thing of like the theme pay per view as well. So you just yeah. had TL, you had TLC yeah. matches like every year. Yeah, it's yeah. I I understand. You know, like of between the two, between Hell and Cell and TLC, if there's gonna be one where that has to be like a pay per view, I prefer it being TLC. But I don't enjoy. It. I don't like that it is. Yeah, but also don't forget that they started doing like one on one TLC matches. That's true. I like, mean, per personally, for me, TLC fits like the like the six man tag format. Yeah, <laughs> like just oh, let yeah. it be just insane energy constantly. That's true. On the other hand, singles TLC gave me gave us Edge Edge versus John Cena at Edge with his most Lex Luthorist. So it was that is yes. true. That is very. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I did. I did say one thing. I would have loved to have seen is if they tried to do like a fatal four way TLC. Oh, Ooh. so it's like everyone versus everyone in TLC. That would have been good. I don't know if that ever got done. No, but... uh, the, the, the only the closest was that. Um, no, like, the only closest was like um, number three was a fatal four way tag team. But yeah. I don't know if yeah. they've ever they've ever done. Oh, actually, I'm looking it up right now. The first one was 
Yes, there was a fatal four-way TLC match for the World Heavyweight Championship at in 2010, mm. it was Edge, Kane, Alberto Del Rio, and Rey Mysterio. Okay, but I, I, I lie, but I can kind of understand why I might have missed that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. The moment I was like, the moment you said it and I saw that, I'm like, wait, that sounds great. Why didn't I? Oh, it was 2010. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like 2010 with Kane and Alberto Del Rio. I, I can probably miss that. I can't lie. <laughs> oh, so I think it's safe to say. TLC two was good. Oh, really fucking good. <laughs> and it, it there there is a strong reason as to why I will always say to people, go and watch this. Yes. Even if you were there and you were like, uh, I despise hardcore wrestling. Go and watch this match. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. It's so much better than I remembered it. So yeah. much better than yeah. I remembered it. And the pacing. Yeah. The pacing's incredible. Yeah. Holy shit, what a match. I'm going to rewatch it. Yes. This is done. I'm going to rewatch it again. <laughs> As you again, I'm probably just going to straight up watch like TLC's one through three, just like tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn, damn, damn well should. Alrighty then, chaps. It's WrestleMania Access again, and we get to have an extended pre uh, review of the entire Access weekend. Uh, everything that it entailed signings, autograph sessions, the booths. Whoa, SA Rios and Jerry Lynn had a match there? <laughs> Hell yeah. Why the hell wasn't that filmed? Because that sounds like a freaking amazing <laughs> match. Why wasn't that the match on Heat? Ex no, exactly. Exactly. But we Who get knows? Stone Cold with the most annoyed tone saying that's the bottom line. It's like he looked really fucking annoyed to be there. <laughs> and that's pretty much the bottom line. Now fuck off. <laughs> Alrighty. This well, brings cute. us... This brings us to the best match of the entire card. Gentlemen, it's the gimmick battle royal. <laughs> Alrighty. First well, note for this. First note for this. Hello, Mean Gene. Yes. How yeah. did JR have been replaced Mean Gene's fit is incredible. Yes. By the returning Mean Gene and Bobby the Brain, both back from WCW here for this event. Yes, please. More brain, more Mean Gene. You love it. You love to see it. What I love about this is as Mean Gene's making his entrance, the ring crew are still clearing out the stuff from the TLC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what I love is when Bobby comes out, you can see visibly that he's quite taken aback by just the sheer amount of people in the Scale Astrodome. of everything. Mm. I mean, this guy's not been, like, his last big mania would have been around three. Yeah. So the last time he saw a mass of people like that, it would have been WrestleMania 3. And it wasn't even comparable. Mm. Really wasn't. I mean, for the first start, you could see everyone there. But of course, of course, the Pontiac Silverdome had 93,000, of course, as it's mm -hmm. always ballied hooed about. Uh, but yeah, oh God, man. Bobby had been, hadn't been around a while, but he still hadn't been lost a frippin' touch. Oh, no, he hadn't lost oh, a yeah. step. Not they a all, single... they, they fit in like a glove it's great okay so who okay. is in this battle royal you ask all right <clears throat> i'm gonna do a list. roll call for you gentlemen list, list. Mm -hmm. all right roll call <clears throat> we have the bushwhackers that's luke and butch hey Duke, the dumpster drozy whack it's the iron sheik humble earthquake john tenter is never aged <laughs> correct the goon 
<laughs> Who knew it? Ice hockey. Did you know that was originally supposed to be Chris Jericho's gimmick when they were interested in him in the mid nineties? That doesn't surprise me. They were just like Canadian. Doink, Canadian. doink the clown. <laughs> Kamala the Ugandan giant with Harvey Whippleman and Kim Chi. Because of course. Because of course. The re re repo man. <laughs> Simon Miller's favourite. <laughs> Jim Cornette's complete with his tennis racket. Uh, Wilson tennis racket, I'll have you know. No, I watched he, the he footage and picked it out. He moved up in the world, did Jim? Yeah. Nikolai Volkov with his name bar spelt wrong and coming out to the Finnish national anthem. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Michael P.S. Hayes. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I want to know how Michael Hayes managed to gain such influence in the WWF as a company. I have no fuck. I want to know what deal because, he made like, with I the know, devil. Bodies. Because, like, honestly, he's got blackmail material. It's got to be. Because I was going to say, because, like, I know he was in the Freebirds, right? Mm. But, like, dead ass. What did he actually do? He seems to. He literally seems to have had fingers in every single pocket. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, how else is he able to afford those really garish pimps pimp outfits that he always wears? Uh, all right, move on to the roll call. The one man gang who originally was supposed to come out as Akeem the African Dream, but he lost so much weight that he couldn't fit into the outfit anymore. Good for him. I'm glad he didn't wear it. <laughs> Hector Guerrero as the gobbledygook. I feel so bad for him, man. Which means that there were three Guerreros in one <laughs> WrestleMania at one point. I'm genuinely just like, I feel so sorry for that man having to deal with that. Yeah. He fucking went for it, though. He went for it. Oh, Shockmaster himself. It's Tugboat. Hell yeah. Oh, we get Hillbilly Jim looking jacked as all heck. I know, it's crazy. Hillbilly Jim gets such a pop. He really got a pop. But the, but the biggest pop, I have to make the note of this, just for everyone to know. The biggest pop of that group is Doink the Clown. Yep. Who come, comes, out like a, comes out like a fucking hero. It's... Yep. I thought I was going insane. <laughs> it's that thing of, like, people remember... Matt Born Doink. Yes. Yes. Which genuinely was incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, when I say it is some of the best, I mean, not like, you know, not the best character work in wrestling, but genuinely, like, actually kind of slightly ahead of its time stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which also, I, I'm going to put it now on the list, we have to do an episode on Doink the Clown. Yes. Oh, we can do an episode oh, on Doink the Clown. Absolutely. We're doing an um, episode on Doink. Like, the Matt Bourne Doink is actually really really good and then WWE were like oh it's easy we can just put anyone in that costume and then they very clearly it did not work no. uh, alright the last two we have oh please just go away Bruce Pritchard it's brother love yeah um... he's got blackmail material <laughs> yes he absolutely does oh that and a very successful podcast Ugh. Um, and we've got Sergeant Slaughter you maggots Sergeant um... Slaughter does, does Sergeant Slaughter age? Does no, he age? I swear he has not aged since 1998. I was going to say, I, I feel like he's just always been like 56 to me. Yes. Yeah. Like, 
What? It's okay. impossible. Okay. Would you like to know a really fun fact about uh, about the Iron Sheik during this? Yes, because yes. I know this fact. I don't know really. I don't know the fact. So, Go ahead. Iron Sheik uh, suffered a wardrobe malfunction just before he entered gorilla position as the belt holding his tights up snapped. So, what was the solution to this problem? Tape gaffer tape the t- belt. Gaffer tape the waistband up. <laughs> Incredible. I love this man so much. There's not really much to say about this, though, except a few things. One, Bobby's on amazing form with his quips and at times yes. calling Gene Tony. <laughs> Two, how the hell did Vince not sign Hillbilly Jim <laughs> after this? And three, of course the most immobile man in the Battle Royale was going to win, because how else yeah, would have Yeah, because he can't go... Because they, said, they said he couldn't, they couldn't put him over the ropes, he couldn't take the bump. But with Sheik, So, like, he has to win. So for Sheik winning, though, the US gets its win back by Slaughter putting on the Cobra Clutch. It's a fun okay. break. You now, know, that, that bit's fascinating for me, because I'm like... I'm like, this is like almost 15 years or something along those lines. And I'm like, this is some strange ass, like deep continuity for 2001 to have this <laughs> yes. moment at the very end of this match. Yep. I was so confused. Like, wow, they really like, we have to have this moment in 2001. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, like a few bits of notes, which is obviously like again Heenan on great form. Remember, remember, kids, Kenny Omega is bad for the wrestling business, but this is okay by Jim Cornette standards. <laughs> this is not killing the business. This is what the people want to see. What, the gobbledygooker. <laughs> the gobbledygooker. And the Iron Sheik. <laughs> oh, alright, it's... it's. <laughs> I give it a rating of one and a half out of five. And that's... I guess that half goes to Brain's commentary. This gets... A gobbledygooker out of five. <laughs> <laughs> this for me gets an iron sheik out of five. <laughs> but again, there is no way to comprehend this match in normal terms. But again, <laughs> after TLC two, it doesn't fucking matter. That's what I'm saying. That's the this thing. Is, this is the match. This is the match. Straight <laughs> After TLC, and the crowd are still into this whole yeah, thing. That's this, the craziest this, thing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. At this point in the pay per view, everyone kind of knows that what they're watching is a masterpiece, and nothing fucking matters after this. It's it's just perfect. That's it. It's done. Over satisfaction. It's incredible. Ah. Uh. So good. So good. All right, then, chaps. We are on to match 10. It's The Undertaker versus Triple H. So how did we get to this match? So Undertaker and Triple H have been at loggerheads for months at a time at this point. And Regal has decided, or Stephanie, I should say, alongside Regal and Triple H, have put a restraining order on Undertaker to not 
touch, go near Triple H under any sort of circumstances. Ah, take a solution to that? Well, get Kane to grab Stephanie. <laughs> 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 and so it's great one when of the best brothers, moments. One of I was going to say that's moments. what brothers are for, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> one of the best moments of Kane having Stephanie at the Gorilla Press over a flight of stairs with Taker and Regal <laughs> negotiating having a match against Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's, it's it's art. It's um, art. Here's art. a line here from Jim Ross before we start with everything. JR says this match will be talked about for years to come. That's bullshit, because you lot forgot about it come Mania 27. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the point where I messaged you two saying, oh, fuck, I completely forgot. It's Motorhead. (laughs) This, okay, right? I I love Motorhead, okay? right? I have a lot of love and respect for them. Yeah. (laughs) Respectfully, it sounds like Lemmy is having a stroke in real time. Look, okay. <laughs> I've made a note of this. <laughs> Lemmy does not give a fuck, and it's awesome. Yes. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you slay it. I am the game, and I'm going to play it. <laughs> it's just, he's, he's, just ma- he's just making stuff up, and he knows no one's going to G-check him on it. Yeah, like who's gonna? Who is going to actively? Are you gonna tell Lemmy that he's doing his own song wrong? Yeah. I can't lie. That man was probably on a frankly ridiculous amount of coke. That man, <laughs> that man, like he's fucking Lemmy. What are you gonna? What are you gonna say to him? He could probably get into the fucking ring himself and do some crazy shit. He probably would. Look over your shoulder, ready to run. Something, something about a smoking gun. <laughs> like, that man's... At that event, I imagine that man's blood was probably, like, at least a decent percent of, like, some form of drug and whiskey. He literally... Before, and, this, like... and this man looks functional. Yeah, literally. He had... A Jack Daniels, a bottle of Jack Daniels every day up until the last two years of his life? Something like that? Mm. Like, this is the thing I say when people try and comprehend Lemmy as a person. I'm like, you can't, because this is the kind of man you are dealing with. Lemmy was a was 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 a different kind of cat, man, and God bless him for being that. Also, I'm... may I just add, clean-shaven Lemmy is blurst. Yes, yeah. highly, highly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you know what I think it is. It's not that. It's not the shave. It's not that he shaved. It's the fact that he doesn't have the hat. Yes, that's what. That's what really makes it really blurred for me. Like the like, if he had the hat, I think it would have been fine. I honestly mm. think it would have been fine. But the fact that he doesn't have the hat, it's like, like. I can't imagine Lemmy shaving. Like what? <laughs> I'm what sure hat? the Undertaker had a probably had a spare hat. Yeah, yeah. He's in America. He was in American Badass. So like, and, and he's in his home state. You gotta get on yeah. him a hat. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I need to know. I need if if you know this, please, us, please, uh, please go on our Twitter and tell us because I, what happened here? <laughs> 
<laughs> All that being said, though, it's here comes Limp Biscuit. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, oh, it's take oh. its biker taker. It's the American. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> move in, move out, face up, ass down. Go, go, go. Look, hey, look, okay, Limp okay. Biscuit superiority. Okay, look, look. I understand why they did it, and roll, honestly, roll, they kind of needed to do it. But fucking biker taker, man. Yeah, yeah. no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Biker taker was was something. And especially with the limp biscuit, it's like, oh, Is it the limp biscuit or is it the bit before where they're like, dead man walking? (laughs) And then it just cuts into limp biscuit. I... That's a good question, and I honestly don't know. You I know, honestly don't know. Man. Still makes me laugh that in order for it to be used in the game, Fred Durst asked, personally asked to be included as a playable character in the SmackDown game. Personally, I think that's a reasonable request. That's, that's a reasonable. <laughs> to be honest, that Fred Durst has never sounded more reasonable, frankly. <laughs> Alrighty, so Taker makes a line for Hunter as the action goes outside immediately. Triple H eats shit as he accidentally breaks the late shift table for the Spanish announcement. Yeah. <laughs> now this is, uh, JR is one of the very first people on commentary to acknowledge Taker's streak. And it's not as big as it would eventually become. Like it's only it... until WrestleMania 19 that they start, well 18 I should say. They it start literally is it is a throwaway line that begins a dynasty. It's incredible. Yes. <laughs> it's like I almost missed it, and then I heard it, and I then I realized that was it. That was the moment. Yep. That was when they were like, "Oh, this is something we should care about." I don't know how you get to the point of where I. I mean, as of this match, what was his streak at? Eight. Uh, no, it would have been at eight. I want to say eight to no. I yes. want to say eight. Yeah. Yeah, it feels weird being the like someone going eight and zero at your biggest event doesn't seem like a major thing. <laughs> mm. Most people don't even get eight WrestleMania matches. Yeah, <laughs> no. So we finally have the match officially starting as the speed does not falter, and we get a high velocity knee from Triple H, the soup bones from Taker as he sends Triple H flying with a back body drop. Taker then hits a big power slam and misses an elbow. <clears throat> oh, this flying clothesline that almost that, tank, that Taker almost yeah. eaten himself out of the ring with. <laughs> it is impressive. Uh, old school? No, Triple H has other ideas as he throws him and yeets him off the top rope. <laughs> None of that shit. Nice neck break. That won't Hunter. work for me, brother. <laughs> Here goes Triple H 2001. We all know that his tactic was is if he ever got a two and didn't win, he'd start pushing the ref. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We got the jumping... they, they, they hit it early. <laughs> they did as well. Jumping face buster, vintage hunter. Triple H throws the timekeeper off the wall <laughs> and then he grabs a sledgehammer. Mike Yoda is pushed out of the way but manages to grab the sledgehammer off of Hunter. uh, Taker tries to surprise him but Triple H goes for a pedigree and Taker reverses and slingshots him into the ref. Now Mike Kyoda is out and he won't be awake for another five hours. I was going to say he is out for like he's out for like a 90 count. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. 
Whoa, a massive, a massive over-the-top rope bump from Triple H. Like, he threw yeah. himself off there and then some. To which Taker then back-body dropped Hunter over the guardrail, and he almost hit Rock's mum, who was in the front row. <laughs> oh my god! I never knew that! Yep. <laughs> he almost hit the Rock's mum. So it's spilling into the crowd as we, as Taker and Triple H are going to the production tower where the hard cam is. Yeah. Now Taker and Triple oh, H man. up high on the tower. Triple H decks him with a chair shot to the back, and he also looks like he's spanking him at one point with it. Yes, it does. And here we go. We get the famous moment of Taker grabbing Hunter and choke slamming him off the tower. And it's very and uh, well, you don't see the ground, but you would have thought you hit the concrete. No, he got chokeslammed into a nice, comfortable mattress. <laughs> Meanwhile, take us there. Like, I can't believe it. He doesn't know how to work these kids these days with their soft mats. Jesus. Take us out. Fuck that. I got a combo. And throws himself <laughs> off an elbow. Fucking take yeah, fucking... <laughs> I got a finisher. <laughs> <laughs> We got EMTs are surrounding Hunter and Taker isn't having any of that as they both go back to the ring. Undertaker with Hunter and the ref still down. <laughs> At this point, I may add, and I counted it, Mike Yoda's been down for 10 minutes. Jesus Christ! He just died! Oh, Mike just... Yoda fucking dies. <laughs> Everybody dies. Anyway, Taker grabs the sledgehammer and Hunter is begging him not to hit him with it. But Triple H goes down south and lows blows Taker. Triple H. My only, my only note for that was good snap. <laughs> <laughs> just for just for the record, take dead man. Huh? One of your nuts is hanging out your shorts. One of your nuts is hanging out your shorts. <laughs> Triple H tries to deck Taker with the sledgehammer, but he gets his boot up just in time. We get Rock'em Sock'em wrestlers as Triple H tries a tombstone, but Taker counters it into a tombstone of his own. But the ref is still out, so no free counts. That whole combo of like the revert reversing it so that he's standing up and doing yeah. it, it, it looks genuinely crazy. So it is. <clears throat> Like, you'd have to watch it, like, three times to understand how it worked. A little bit. I will give Triple H credit for this, because they timed this one perfectly. As Taker goes for the last ride, Triple H sneakily manages to grab a hand of the sledgehammer by them. And holy hell, does he deck him over the head with the, with the sledgehammer handle. Oh, yeah. Oh, that thing goes fucking flying. Taker. Let's just say Taker ends up in a way after this. He is busted open hard way from this. He is feeling some kind of way. Uh, with Triple H punching him right into the cut in the corner. That's until Taker grabs him by the legs and delivers a huge last ride for the free. And it's 9-0 for the American Badass. Well, it's the last ride. I'm going to say this right now. Great. This is probably one of Taker's better WrestleMania matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, goodness, it's I'm so confused. And to this, I was confused then. I was confused even now as to why they completely forgot about this in the build-up to WrestleMania 27 with their second match. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it was probably some kind of thing where they were like, ooh, you know, like... 
Maybe it's will like people, will you... people remember or care about this? And the answer yeah. is yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Because it's honestly a really good match. And I give this, I know it's probably me kind of fluffing the number on it, maybe. I gave this one four out of five. It's a bloody good match from the pair of them. I I give it a three and a half, actually. I do feel like the fact that that Mike is down for so long. Yeah, yes. even, even yeah, it is. Us. It is incredibly attitude era. Yeah, oh, like even for us, even for all of this, it's there, kind of ridiculous. there is suspension of disbelief, and then there's this. Yes, uh, I gave it a four out of five. Um, just because I can be that guy, I guess I'll rear up the head of some of the conversation, which is: Do you think in this match Triple H should have won? No. No. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. No, he shouldn't have. And there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some pretty good stuff in here. Um, I again, I would probably agree. This is one of the better Undertaker WrestleMania matches. Mm-hmm. Like personally, it's not like Undertaker versus Batista at twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it's not bad. It, it, mm. It's but I I'd say it's on the better end of the spectrum. So I think four out of five is pretty. It's no giant you know. Gonzalez. That's we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a thing in itself. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, chaps. The WWF champion Rock is making his way to gorilla position, and Austin is prepping himself in the locker room. All right, chaps. It's the main event. My body is ready. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock for the WWF title. Okay, first off, this promo video. This video that inspired an entire generation of music video creators and wrestling video editors. Holy crap. It is so fucking good. Hell yeah. Somewhere in the ether, we know who that person is who did this. And the fact that we don't know his name or her name or their name is a crime. Now, I'm not 100% sure that it is Adam Panucci because I don't, I can't be 100% certain he was with the company at this point. But props to the post production team because they need more oh, yeah. credit than what is given to them. <clears throat> Like, shout out to the editors that were that were on this because they just hit it out of the park. Whoever it was, one person or a team, <clears throat> like they understood the assignment. Yes, they absolutely did. All right, so the build up for this match: Stone Cold Steve Austin at the Royal <clears throat> Rumble, one from number twenty eight. Uh, Rock. Uh, beat Kurt Angle at No Way Out for the WWF Championship, which sets us on this course. It is Austin versus Rock 2 at WrestleMania. Now, both of these guys are ba- are the biggest baby faces of the company. So, how do you build a dynamic from two really popular baby faces at this point? Well, you have them in a lot of conflict. The best way to yep. make conflict? Make Steve Austin's wife the Rock's manager. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is still a part of the whole story to this that I still don't get. And I guess yep. not even they got, because they pretty much cut it out two weeks before Mania. <laughs> and it was never mentioned it's again. So, it's so unnecessary. It really is. That's what gets me about it. It's the, the, you know what, it's that very famous, like, the sit-down interview they had with JR in the in that, that really famous one that has so many great lines. It's just, the bit, the storyline of this is the two biggest stars of the company, who's the better one out of the two of them? And one of them is absolutely desperate to be that main guy. That's all you yeah. need. Literally. Basically, yeah. Literally, at this point, they are the biggest stars in wrestling on planet Earth. And these two have superseded That's their it. industry for the first oh, yeah. time. Yeah. Like... yeah. Both of them at this time are icons with a with a capital I. Yep. That is all and it's a literally, but which one is the creme de la creme? The cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. for, for, for our boy Macho. But it's like that's all you need. And Luckily, the um the promo, the, the luckily the famous byway promo understands this, and it's like, oh yeah, and there's Deborah, but really it's this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Limp Biscuit, my way. I guess you could say what what I would you definitely say when we're talking about moments that like times that peaked here. Would you say that like it was the absolute zenith was. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog. Oh water. yeah, it they, was they, it was the absolute height that they were going to go to. Yes, but the and thing is though, is that like they knew that and they just kind of accepted it. You know what's funny? I like what well, I realized. I didn't quite realize just how much my way is played in the actual pay per view. Yeah. Oh they yeah, they play, play it a lot. They get their fucking money's worth of this damn song. See, thing is, like, you would have thought that at that time, especially considering how popular they were, you would have thought, oh, maybe they could have got Limp Biscuit to play live. Yeah. They, but no, again, this is what I said. I, I said, right, I would have thought that with how much use they're getting out of this, they might have even gotten them to do The Undertaker's entrance. And I know how ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> thing is yes. i feel it's that thing because they were so popular the money would have been so ridiculous that's the thing to bring them in no they you probably gotta get them... could have paid a lot to get them in now you gotta get them in in 2003 when they're a little less popular that's <laughs> WrestleMania yeah. 19. but uh i guess with all this talking uh no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not going to do the Limp Biscuit retrospective. What I will say is, though, is that if you don't, if you do know about them, maybe they are this. They are maybe they are one of the musical acts alongside uh, Cindy Lauper that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm, oh, that's disgusting. As, as, right. Okay, here we go. As Cindy Lauper is to rock and wrestling, Limp Biscuit are to the Attitude Era. Wow, that's now that you put it that way. <laughs> that's. That's horrifying. And they did it all correct, for the Nookie. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. Oh, I, I hate that you're right. I actually, I am actually a little is that, disgusted is that, the, is, that, oh, is that Does that mean now is just as like with that logic, does that mean that Flowrider is now for the 2010s, basically? 
Uh, I'm not going to necessarily confirm nor deny that. <laughs> and it's when the cousin day is Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, oh. No, oh. I, no, that's a lie. Stop capping. Stop capping. <laughs> I will move quickly to the match then. All right, so... Just as the bell rings, a newly added stipulation is announced by Howard Finkel as that this match is now no disqualification. Glass shatters and the whole of Texas screams in one fell swing. <laughs> the pop um, is just insane. <laughs> the pop is insane. Nitpick, but nitpick though. It's not it's not the stone cold music and it annoys me. It's ah. the disturbed version. Yes. It annoys me so much. Ah oh, man, see you are I I, I guess you would be part of the I'm like, shut up, he's here, we get it. Like, oh. You are, I think, a very minor group of people that do not really? like glass shatters. Because he's I... universally loved glass shatters. I the, no, it has to be instrumental for me. I'm sorry. No, I'm yeah, sorry. no. Where's he saying about? I assume explicitly. No, no, oh no! Listen, listen. Glass Shadows is the song, but the disturbed but, one, the disturbed yeah. one, is like step up, step back. As I said, all I need is that riff. And glass you just shattering. need That's literally all I need. I don't need anything else. You don't need to. You don't need to sing on it. You don't need to do anything. And the worst, it's like it's in a slightly higher key. Yes. Ah, nah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It bugged me, and it always has. It always has bugged me. So I swear, Austin mouthing off as he makes his way down the ring is doubled here. Is that he's like, oh fucking hell yeah, it's Texas baby, I'm all good. <laughs> literally, like he's. So hyped right now. So yes. he has to hide it because you know. Yes. <laughs> but you can really feel like yes, yes, yes. So just, we, just that. So we get the rock coming out to a partisan audience reaction, but still over. Not as much as you. Not as much as you think. Like, like. When, yeah, when, but when, I think when... it's one. I think it's one of those cases of like someone gets a almost kind of lukewarm reaction, but then you have to like contextualize. It's Steve Austin in Texas. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Here's the thing I said here. It's a shame we don't see photographers at ringside anymore. Make, yeah. it, like, make it like a big... You see guys from like America. You see the Japanese guys, uh, Japanese photographers for the weekly sports uh, magazine doing this stuff. It's You know, it's just I miss seeing Bill Apter ringside photographing, <laughs> taking photos of stuff. It makes it a big match feel. I've always felt like seeing photographers ringside always had that feeling. We have an, yeah. we have an intense stare down from both as Rock is on the top rope. Austin wastes no time in this by uh, by keeping an eye on him as Rock does his other ring pose. Gets Dan, turns around, and Austin swings for the fence. <laughs> Literally, one of my favorite things about this match is that it has it has the feeling of like straight up generational beef. Yes, because it is it is on site. <laughs> yeah, Austin. It is wastes no time though he stops a mod hole and he tries to go and hits rock with the wwf title but misses <laughs> now i don't know if you chaps have seen it or heard it but austin on his podcast a couple of years ago did a play-by-play -play commentary of this match 
Oh my god, it's I amazing didn't know this existed. Listen. It's an amazing listen, because the way he says it when he does the opening part where he, you know, he comes back with the Fez press, and as he calls it, the, the fuck you elbow. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. what it is, though. Yeah, that is literally what elbow. it is. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um... Again, breakneck speed. These two are absolutely kicking the lumps out of each other. As you yeah, said, again, it's generational it's that, beef. It is that thing, though, of like, they just go in and just like, yeah, let's get some signature spots in early. Yeah. yeah. Neck breaker from The Rock as he goes for the rock bottom, but Austin reverses that into a stunner attempt, which is then reversed from The Rock into a stunner of his own, but then Austin throws him out uh, over the top rope, and Rock yeah. goes bum tit, bum over tit over the guardrail, I should say. It's Austin two knee braces. Austin two knee braces. Uh, Rocky sits down, <coughs> sits Austin down, and he throws him over the guardrail this time. A collision of bodies as Austin flattens Rock with a lariat. A big head of steam, rope hung knee to the Rock's back for a two. Which I, I, is it a rope hung knee? Like Rock's like over the top rope, but then Austin runs with the knee or like he's bummed right into his back or something like that. Something like that. Um, yeah. Austin going up for a huge superplex to Rock, but still only getting a two. And this irritates Austin enough to expose the ring turn buckle. <clears throat> okay, now there's one thing I want to bring up here, because I believe this is about the time they mention it. Mm-hmm. The Rock is 28 here. Yeah, I, that, 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 that depressed me so much. The Rock is 28 in this match. <laughs> I'm so de- Austin would have been oh. about 36. And what the even more cursed thing about that is, in modern WWE, Austin would be young. Yep. Comparatively. Yeah. I don't think modern WWE has a main eventer under 28. (laughs) No. No, I don't think I think you're right. Or even has a main eventer probably even under 30. Mm Mm-hmm. That's... That's madness. That is so mad. So the Rock. Mad. The Rock. Like, like is, we know, like we know, the, the Rock was. A spe- I was like, the Rock is like, a, is like a special being unto himself, right? Yes. Like yes. we know that. Yes. But like, it's crazy thinking about the fact he's twenty eight here. Austin's like thirty six. <laughs> Meanwhile, Damian Priest is cutting about in the U.S. title scene and is thirty seven. Yeah. Nuts, wow, isn't it? Man. Wow, that's wow. Oh, that's yeah. It really shows you the difference of like where so wrestling was before and now. Mm-hmm. So that's so good that man. So with the, so, uh, Rock scores a huge clothesline and a big old throw for a two count, but then sends Austin over into ringside with a clothesline. Rocky decides to ring Austin's bell as he drives his head into the ring bell. <laughs> but this moment, I love this moment as both Rock and Austin talked about this, L. Hebner goes arse over tit over the steel steps. And as you can oh, carefully God. see, he drops the blade for Rock to bust himself open. Yes. Oh, shit. This means that Rock has to flail and pretend he falls to cover it up and pick the blade up for himself and pop it in his uh, trunks. It is. <laughs> has there ever been a referee that's become more well-known for not doing their job than Earl Hebner. 
No. no. Like, I, find it, I, find, I find it hilarious that he has been so important to so many pivotal moments in wrestling. And yet, at the same time, the he's more I go back on wrestling. anything he's been he's involved in, there's like, he's either, like, he's somehow absolutely just like <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> like it's a tiny thing in comparison i know but like in the grand scale of things he has to do it's quite funny <laughs> so austin now decides time inside it's time to ring rock's bell and he hits him with the ring bell which means now rock is now busted open now a couple of little facts here about this everyone from vince to the producers and the backstage staff were all scared shitless about Rock bus being busted open as they didn't want to leave a ginormous scar on his head mere weeks before shooting The Mummy Returns. Yeah. That's I did think that. awesome. I did think that. I did wonder about that. So another fact, it's a bit of a sad one, a bit of a stupid one at the same time, is we get a shot in the front row of Rock's mum, who we saw earlier, and sat next to Rock's mum is Steve Austin's brother. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, apparently because Austin's brother is such a mark and got so wound up and started trash-talking The Rock during the whole match. Oh, no. upset The Rock's mum quite a lot. Oh, Oh, you mark. Austin had to apologise after the match to Rocky and his mum backstage. I also imagine that he tore his brother a new arsehole with that as well. No, 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 no. You mark, son. What are you doing, son? No, no, no. He did. No, he was just like, "I'm sorry. I have to. Sub- I, you have to now get beaten up by the extended family of the Rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> the yeah. entire Adawaii family. You got to take your lumps, mate. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rikishi just walks in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the match, and Austin decides to throw the timekeeper out into infinity. And yes. Austin wasn't particularly happy with the blade job. And he decides to, you know what, what we'll do, I'll just open it up some more and I'll just throw you into the announcer's table. You're going hard way, son. In a true moment of hilarity, or one of my favourite moments. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Rock sprawled onto the announce table, collapses underneath yeah. <laughs> and he goes crashing down. And I do not know how Austin did not corpse at that. <laughs> Okay, do you want to know my favourite thing about this? Is I was watching this, and while I was watching this, my internet was going a little bit. And I was like, did I miss a table bump? I don't remember there being a table bump in this match. Like, I don't remember like him going through, like, I don't remember this. And I go back on it, and I just see him fall, like him lying on top of it, and it just fucking going flat down like a pancake. Oh, gosh. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. We got Austin throwing Rock back in the ring and delivering huge right hands and decides to flip off the ref in the process whilst choking out the Rock. But Austin squares up to Hebner uh, at this point. It isn't as good as the uh, as the one where um, I think it might have been a, the event after this or the event before this, or it might have been a match with Rock with this, where Austin's busted open, he slips over, which pushes Earl Hebner and he trips, and he just, you can hear Austin yelling, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as that one, but it's, it's near. I, for some reason, Earl Hebner and Austin were great comedy foils in terms of stuff like that. 
All right, we get Rock then exploding out of the corner with a big clothesline to a chorus of boos. It's, you know what? He actually gets this. He actually gets the the um the Cena audience there. He does. Where it's it's women and children cheer so loudly, and all of the men boo the fuck out of him. Like, go back and listen. Yeah. It's like this is the future. Like, I mean, it's, it's one it's one thing that we'll say about it. Um, that yeah, rocks rocks clotheslines out of the corner are huge here. Yeah, mm. like he really he really hits them. I don't feel like I ever remembered that being such a big part of him, but mm-hmm. he gets them, man. Yeah, he does. True. He does. So rocks fighting back with punches and bunches, and he mm. throws Austin into the exposed turnbuckle, busting Austin open. Rocky decides to grab the ring bell and he clocks Austin again, but only gets a two. He's really using, really utilizing the ring bell in this match. Yes. I mean, he is the ring bell master, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> get the <laughs> God damn it. Both men are bloodied and spent as Rock decides to take advantage of the match. He is, he is dictating the pace of this match. Rock and Austin once again are outside, but Austin stun guns Rock to the guardrail and then slingshots him into the ring post. Holy shit! We need begin. more catapult spots. He oh, really flew into the ring posted Rock. <laughs> Uh, so, as I say here in the notes, Honest Austin monitors the situation and decides the best course of action is to hit Rock over the head with a monitor. Yes. <laughs> Austin flips off, flips Rocky off and stunner. No, it's a callback to WrestleMania 13 as Rock snaps a sharpshooter on Austin. Rock is in Dude, the Dude, I love of the ring. this. That, this it, was a great throwback. It still works. Austin gets to the ropes for the break, though. That's the big difference. <clears throat> Another sharpshooter, though? But no. No, Austin decides to do a sharpshooter on Rocky himself. <laughs> but he can't Dude, it's get actually the... great. You can this, see... is, this is why like, it's so good. Mm. When well, you include callbacks yes. to previous matches. I just love it so much. Austin says that uh, during this match, he couldn't get proper leverage on Rock's legs, so he's trying to desperately hold on to his knee pads <laughs> during the, during holding the Sarp Suter. He gets flipped out of it, of course, in a reversal by the Rock. Austin tries to go back to the sharpshooter, but Rock does get to the rope break. Again, we'll again. Austin again flips Earl Hebner off, as we know this is DQ. So he just keeps the hold on, despite the fact it's a rope break. <laughs> just I, like, yo, go away, Earl. You have no power here. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, I was that actually slightly confused me because I'm like, why are you pulling rope breaks? Like DQ, no DQ. What? What? What is this? And we then we get the million dollar dream. Oh. It's the callback to the ringmaster. <laughs> Gotta love it. But then this also comes to a very good moment where they tried to, where Austin and Rock tried to recreate the 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 pin roll up from the Brett versus Piper match at WrestleMania Eight. Yeah. But with mm. them both kind of being a little bit tired at this right, they just kind of don't get it right, and it just ends up with Rock kind of flailing onto Austin for the two. Okay. <clears throat> I want to take this opportunity to talk about the near falls in this match. Ah, uh, here we go. Here comes the near because, falls. Okay, no, here's my first point. Mm. That's because it vindicates a very important thing that I say, which is that too many wrestlers now keep their eyes open when they're being pinned. Yes. Mm. If you watch this, in pretty much every pin, 
They both have their eyes closed. It does make it's a big not, difference. It's not 100%, but it is pretty much always the case. And I don't know why, just for me, it makes it feel better for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it. I just prefer when wrestlers do it. And I'm here not to tell you how to do your job because you're wrestlers and this happened a bunch of years ago. So <laughs> it's not like I can change anything about it. But yeah. it just makes it feel better to me. It, yeah, absolutely. All right. Rock with the Stone Cold Stunner. It's a one, two, 2.9 <laughs> kick out and Texas goes Fucking mad. He gets so angry. Here comes Vince coming down the aisle to a symphony of asshole chants. Yes. Why is Vince down here? Hmm. Big spine buster from Austin for a two. And Austin is getting mad that he can't put Rock away. A spine buster from the Rock. And he sets up the people's elbow and he gets him for the two. Bloody, what the hell? Vince just pulled Rock off of Austin. Rock sees and Vince. then the entire crowd got so confused. Yes. yes. Rock sees Vince and says, you motherfucker, and goes after the Starts chairman. chasing him. As Vince hits the ring, Austin manages to catch Rock into a rock bottom for only a two. Holy moly, this match is getting good. I mean, Here comes finisher spam. Okay. And I love it. Yes. Stunner attempt from Austin, but it's reversed and Earl Hebner is out. Low blow by Austin incapacitates the rock and... Are you kidding me? Austin's asking Vince for a steel chair? Austin holds rock up and Vince swings for his head and hits... Who does he hit? I can't remember. Does he hit... He hits rock, doesn't he? Yes, because I thought for a moment he did. He was going to hit Austin. No, he hits rock, yes. Vince throws Earl in and counts for the pin, but it is still just a two. Rock is holding on for dear life and Austin is irate. He has had enough and he goes to hit the rock with a chair. But a huge, huge rock bottom from Rocky. But Vince manages to distract Earl so as not to make the pin. And I think Rock's a little bit pit- pissed off and decides to punch, just punch Vince. It's anyone probably. Yeah, he's just, like, he's just there like, all right, I'm done now. Come get these pants. <laughs> only to turn around and eat a ginormous stunner from Austin with the cell that only the Rock can do. Absolutely. Rock's bumping is just like legendary. <laughs> and it's still just a two count. Vince hands Austin the chair and he swings it right at Rock's head. He is out. Oh my god, no. Rocky is still is still in this match. Vince, Austin, they're pissed. They cannot take this any longer and proceed to absolutely wail on Rock with chair shot after chair shot after chair shot. I think it was 16 chair shots Austin did. One, two, three. Free Austin is now WWF <clears throat> champion, and a sight we never thought we'd see. He's in cahoots with Vince McMahon, shaking hands with his long time rival. What did Austin say? Mm-hmm. He'd do just about anything to win it, and he did just that. Heyman said this is something we'll talk about in years to come. And, well, here we are 21 years later. And who wasn't? Austin drinks a beer with Vince, places run on rock and flips him off in the process. Yes. Vince claps whilst Austin holding the title aloft. And as Rocky gets up, Austin decides, nah, you're staying dad and clocks him over the head with the title. (laughs) 
we are left with the image of Austin and Vince, beers in hand, holding the title aloft, and exiting the arena. Curtain close on WrestleMania 17. <laughs> what a match, and what a WrestleMania, guys. This match, again, just like, this was like a perfectly, like, if you're going to go this amount of time, have it crammed full with as much storytelling aspects with the wrestling as much as you possibly can. Absolutely, absolutely. Just a wonderfully told story <laughs> from the medium of professional wrestling. Yeah. One of the best Mania Men events, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And now... as Austin said, actually, a fun fact about Austin in his commentary, he said, I was there in that moment, everyone pissed off, audibly confused, and for a split second as I shook his hand, I was going to stun the hell out of Vince. I was going to call an audible at that moment and stun the hell out of Vince. But he was a bit tired. He thought he had gone as far as he possibly could being the guy, the babyface, and he wanted to try being heel once more. Hence why this storyline happened. It's a funny he thing. Just, he, was just, he was just there and does it. It's like, sorry, force of habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a funny thing because... One, I get it. It's insane, but I get it. Yeah. But it's also because when you listen to the reaction, it actually doesn't work. Yeah. No, that's, that's the thing. Funny thing. I, because people like, have always been said about this that it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't make sense. And like, and the funny thing, because I was reading on it beforehand, like before the podcast, a lot of people. Instead of thinking that Austin turned heel, thought that McMahon turned, turned face, face. Yeah. which kind of shows the issue here, don't it? Like you just can't get then You're just not gonna get Austin booed at that point in Texas. It just isn't gonna happen. And it's the craziest thing is that when I think about it, with Austin doing that, the timing of this couldn't have been any worse because you hear you have you have Rock who's about to go off for a few months to do mummy returns you can't turn triple h babyface because at this point he's so ingrained into being a heel i don't think anyone would buy it being him a face Mm. so it's like you're left the biggest babyface you had has now turned heel what do you do in that situation yeah like Like, maybe yeah i think this is probably the best one you got it's a fascinating dichotomy and it's and it's not even like it doesn't it and it doesn't it doesn't do anything in doesn't do anything to negate how good the match is. It's an incredible match. The the, the wrestling psychology on it is unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh yeah, the selling incredible. The the, the violence like seeing like Rocky like bleeding like that is actually it actually was quite disconcerting for me. Yeah, to, to see. It is quite, so, he bled quite a bit in this match. Yeah, so it's like none of it is like bad or anything like that. Even the ending, it still all works in it of itself. Yeah. It's just afterwards, what you see the cracks immediately begun to show. <laughs> and would you believe it? I was going to say, I ended up watching uh, the Raw and Smackdowns, uh, the go-homes and then the ones uh, and the ones after. I mm. shit you not, Reardon. Storyline-wise, the writing and creative immediately dipped 
as soon as soon as the raw after mania <laughs> so you could really tell that the attitude era ended at wrestlemania 17 they were just like mm. look right we've won we don't need to try anymore yeah which is how we get to the invasion angle exactly oh we'll get to that eventually but five out of five yes it's it's a five. It's, Come, it's on. A five. Come on. It's easy. Come on. It's like Is it the greatest show of wrestling you're ever gonna see? Respectfully, probably not. Probably not. I mean it it's 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 attitude era as hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> if a technical wrestling masterclass, this is not. Mm. But it's... when it comes down to the drama and what it means in the grander scheme of wrestling, it's it's naturally a five. Yes. Absolutely. It, in for the, the the last match of the Attitude area, the grand the the, the Attitude area, the grand finale, it's it's as good as you're gonna get. Yeah. To be quite honest. Absolutely. Oh, that is WrestleMania seventeen. And yeah, I think it's all but confirmed to me, even though it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, it's 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 just an utterly fantastic WrestleMania. It really it is. holds it holds up. There's a mm. reason why when I was asked what is the greatest WrestleMania, I said WrestleMania 17. It's yeah. it's insanely <laughs> great. And as and even with I said it in a couple of matches that they were so much better than I remembered it. I think this whole this whole pay-per-view is so much better than I remembered it. Yeah. See, this this is the feeling of a company that is putting all of its effort in. Mm. And the problem is, is I just don't feel like we get that now. Mm-hmm. And it, it is it is like small details down to things like, you know, the the music for pay-per-views being, you know, just generic pieces done by the in-house team. Yeah. Mm. You know, it is stuff like, you know, we're talking about the philosophy of how WWE doesn't want people to start superseding the company again. Mm-hmm. It is the feeling of like, you know, being there and being like, oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, like the thing of having one person that's going to be the main focus to sell the entire thing on. Exactly. The one at a time approach that they have now. <laughs> It's nuts. It's really nuts. But yeah, before we head off, would you be so inclined as to hear some of the notes of happenings going around in the Wrestling Observer? Oh, of course. So the Wrestling Observer Rewind from April 9th, 2001. Again, massive shout outs to the, uh, the Squared Circle Reddit and to user DePrice82, who has collated all of the Wrestling Observer newsletters from 91 to 2002. So Dave saying that WrestleMania 17 is in the books, and he calls it the culmination of the wrestling boom. Much like when WrestleMania 3 was the peak of the 80s boom, Dave Meltzer predicted that this peak is the is this is the peak of the Attitude Era. And by God, was he fucking right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, man, the man hit. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. So he's, you know, talking about, of course, the, 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 the gate numbers, the attendance figures, the merch sales, which absolutely, which they have never been able to hit since the $1.1 million in same merch sales. Yeah. Then again, though, have you seen some of WWE's recent merch? <laughs> yes. That's a good point. So this is... Having flashbacks to that Murphy shirt. Oh, don't even... 
oh man, not even the Neville King of the Cruiserweight shirt as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so apparently as well that this was one of the most elaborate, expensive set designs they had as well. Yes, and it shows. It does mm. definitely does show. Uh, so, of course, the big story is uh, coming out of this. Of course, is Austin turning heel. That had been working. Uh, that had been in the work for months. It seemed like a good idea on paper for them, considering Rock had eclipsed Austin in mainstream popularity. But yeah. because of recent weeks where Rock was getting booed in most confrontations with Austin, they were a little bit worried. And during the show, believe it or not, they had to. Security had confiscated an entire truckload of anti-rock signs from Texas fans. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, though, right? You're in Texas. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. in someone's home. Yeah. You're in a wrestler's home state. So I kind of don't understand why they're being so surprised that people are going to not be for the rock. Mm-hmm. So... When it comes to the 24 contracts that the WWF had purchased when they bought WCW, some of those futures of the remaining stars were still unknown. There was one point where they did heavily consider buying out the Time Warner contracts of a certain few groups of wrestlers. Those being Nash, Hall, Hogan, Goldberg, and Scott Steiner. Thing is, Hell yeah, Scott Steiner. <laughs> Goldberg had two years left on his contract that paid him more than two million a year. Soon as word came about that the uh, that the Fed was buying WCW, everyone wanted Austin versus Goldberg. But of course, they weren't going to do that because of the salary structure no. of the company. The fact that they had blown so that. much money with the XFL, <laughs> and it would probably piss off a lot of people in the locker room as well. How does it make you feel as a wrestling fan to know that, in a weird way, the XFL is like a crux of wrestling canon? It's incredible. Because genuinely think about it, right? If WWE didn't have the XFL, mm. then what? We're saying that they probably would have gotten in Goldberg two years earlier. They probably would have gotten what Hall and Nash. Yep. Yep. Maybe not Hogan, but well, no. Actually, no. I say that Hall and Nash are probably chilling. Hogan will probably go back. Actually, you know. Hogan. So, like, and you know, it, in, and as we said before, um, if they didn't have the investment of the XFL then we would have had the WCW versus WWF year-long storyline as Nitro staying a separate program. Mm. Theoretically, like that may not have got happened in practice. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, Ric Flair and Sting were heavily, heavily wanted as well, but uh, they had a very similar like money deal. Not like two million, but Flair had 800,000 a year. Sting had a very similar number. But they were worried with Flair because he was 52 years old at the time. And they weren't so sure about Sting because his gimmick was very too, was very similar to Undertaker's. Like, I understand where they're coming from with that in principle. But also, at no point did they ever show Sting to be able to do magic. Exactly. I would... I will... I will leave you... They to, are... Mm. They... Also, this is like right before the time they're about to introduce Biker Taker. Yeah, exactly. So, in what way is Sting similar to Biker Taker? 
I I genuinely don't know. All right, there's a couple of notes here. I'll actually link this to you. It's a very interesting thing. On All this right. on this observer, we got to witness uh, Dave found out about the fallout of the meeting with WCW officials and staff at the power plant headed by Brad Siegel. Trust me, it's one hell of a read, and a lot of people. And I'll tell you this: a lot. I almost got into a fist fight with certain people there. Uh, there is also in this one. Brock Lesnar appeared on Wrestling Observer Live's radio show to talk about his background <laughs> and getting into the WWF. It's a really interesting read. I'll give that to you when we're all done here on this recording. But that is WrestleMania 17. Oh boy. Given if we put the two like parts together, this is bar none the longest episode we've ever done. Yep, and we all knew it. And we, all, we, and we prepared ourselves for this eventuality. <laughs> Hence yeah. why we did two parts. Thank God we are at the other end of this now. Chaps, goodness, it was a hell of a journey, but thank you for taking this journey with me with WrestleMania 17. Hey, it had to be done. It had to be done eventually. We go, we go through this uh, as brothers. Absolutely. We're in it for the long haul. Oh, yeah. Right, I'm taking it easy. Our next episode, we're going to be doing another retrospective. But this time, we're going to be doing a retrospective on the women's wrestler. It's Mae Young. Gonna be fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am looking forward to this one, talking about Mae Young's young career as a wrestler. And eventually, of course, I guess mainstream peak being the attitude era oh boy i'm gonna to have to talk about that scene with mark henry haven't i yeah we are yeah, gonna yeah. talk about the hand ah, about oh that's for the next done. episode but until then all that's left for me to say is i've been sam this has been dan and reardon and you've been listening to the sweet chinwag podcast i'm going to take a cough sweet to try and soothe my throat and i'll see you all on the next one bye everybody bye bye yeah, see ya